Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is a Lip Media Podcast. And welcome to the Sinister Sissies Podcast, your guide to true crime, horror, and everything man-on-man and macabre. I'm Jared, your master of depravity, and I'm here with what what is now becoming my my designated film critic, Pat McCaffrey. (laughs) Thank you, yes. Uh, For those listening, I am in full Margaret Pomerantz cosplay, obviously. Yes. Um, Yes. Yeah. Can't see that, but you can hear it, you know? (laughs) Margaret Pomerantz and Lucy Turnbull, you have a you have a I, look, they're, they're two of my ideal dinner guests. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do call you a film critic, uh, even though you have yet to like any of the films <laughs> that I've got well, to watch. That's why I'm such a great film critic. I don't know if you know enough about criticism of a film, being a film critic, but you just have to hate everything. Yeah. Yeah. Have you liked any of them? Did you like Cruising? Uh, yeah, Cruising was okay. Yeah, because like that was like kind of, I suppose I was impressed with the the scale of ambition of cruising for a film that came out when it did. I was like, fuck, this is like, this is ambitious. Okay. Um, A young boy infects an entire town with rabies and turns a group of men into a band of bloodthirsty zombies ravaging a peaceful countryside. (laughs) I drink your blood. The film that we're looking at today is I Drink Your Blood, released in 1970. A bit of background of why I've chosen this film. So I was looking at the, you know, classic lists of homoerotic horror films for us to to have a look at. Um, And they're all the kind of same ones. We've done Nightmare 2. We'll have to do uh, Fright Night and and Lost Boys and all the other ones at some point. But... Um, I was just spending my weekend, as I normally do, looking at classic old-fashioned exploitation and B-horror films, um, and I stumbled across I Drink Your Blood, and as I was watching I Drink Your Blood, I was just noticing little things of, like, the camera lingering on topless bodies, and this, 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 this certain gaze that was happening of of some of the male actors that were happening. And then I looked it up and I was right to suspect something. So the, the director and writer of I Drink Your Blood, David E. Durston, not only directed and wrote I Drink Your Blood, but also wrote and directed a number of gay porn films at the time. So this this homoerotic lens in which I think is evident in this film. I don't know. Did you pick up on? Yeah, a little. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, that it's. I think it's most obvious in the opening of the film, which oh, kind yes. of sets sets a bit of a tone for the rest of it. I think there's a there's a certain certain sexy gay aesthetic. Mm. This is also a, a classic of exploitation cinema. So. I might need to define what exploitation cinema is. I don't know if, Pat, you 
kind of what 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 would your take be of what exploitation cinema is? No idea. Okay. <laughs> Our film critic, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, mostly gentlemen. Um, all right, so so the whole thing of exploitation cinema is obviously in the 1970s and the 1980s, you had two major changes in terms of film distribution. The first was the rise in popularity of drive-ins, and you would have double features in drive-ins. Uh, and the second thing, obviously, in the 80s was VHS. So suddenly the classic model of distribution of films where there was like a a monopoly of cinema groups that you needed to convince in order to show your films. There were suddenly all these other ways in which you can show these these films. So drive-ins and VHS and stuff. Uh, And exploitation cinema can describe a couple of different things, Um, but it's basically all about taking advantage of the uh, less glamorous distribution models and either that is because you are ripping off a film that is very successful so um, when the exorcist came out there was a lot of spin-off possession type films that were made on the cheap to exploit the um you know the popularity of the exorcism um or you're exploiting in a different sense in the sense that you are just filling your film with like gore or like sexually explicit imagery or you're dealing with like controversial topics like Satanism or like things that were really like controversial at the time. How much shock can you stand? Free $2,000 cash if you should die from fright while watching Women and Bloody Terror and Night of Bloody Horror together on the same program. Uh, and that is why I Drink Your Blood is uh, a, a high point of exploitation cinema, in my opinion, because it has most of those elements. There's the Satanism angle, there's the gore angle, there's a certain, there's some sex stuff-ish, mm. not as much as it could have been. Uh, and strangely enough, uh, David E. Durston was not, there's not a lot of topless women no. You would expect that. There is one. There is one. There is one scene with a topless woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can tell that obviously his preferences were coming out to play in this filmmaking because mm-hmm. if this was made by any other director, I imagine there would be lots, lots of uh, topless women about. So David E. Durston made this film and then his gay porn films that he made, uh, the, the names of which are Boy Napped uh, and uh, Manhole. Manhole. Yes, okay. the two other films that he made. Um, I did some research. Sure. <laughs> I couldn't find Manhole, um, but I, I did find Boynat, and it was yeah. this interesting little S and M type. You know, quite quite extreme. Maybe not everyone's taste, but uh, that were his follow up films. So now let's see if you can swallow this. So, we start the film. Mm. The opening of the film is a group of hippies standing around naked. Dramatic music playing in the background. I think there's a fire going. Yeah. Uh, The head of the hippie group, what we're learning is this kind of satanic cult. Horace begins speaking. Can I I just say, great name for the lead actor of a film. Horace. Really rolls off the tongue, you know. Everyone's, everyone's going to be dressed in, like, Horace at Halloween. Another thing to note is that uh, this is quite a racially diverse film for the time. Sure. So, like, Horace is played by East Asian man of some sort. Um, there's our uh, a woman who is, like, the more hardcore member of the group. Oh, I think it's, like, Min Lee or something is the character name. Um uh, there's an African-American man, very, you know, quite racially diverse for a 1970s exploitation film. Some of the language is less racially sensitive, but yeah. So they're standing around and Horace is saying all these things. At one point he talks about how he's a Capricorn. <laughs> yeah. It comes Look, up. Again, that's evidence that this is basically a gay film. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In, um, oh yeah. Gay, gay male obsession with astrology. Love at the star signs. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan of it. I think... You should be doing what Horace does in this film and getting rid of the astrology and hailing Satan. That's a classic Capricorn thing to do. Because uh, they're all hailing Satan and Horace says the, the classic line. 
Let it be known, sons and daughters, that Satan was an acid head. <laughs> Which I love. So, 1970s, this is obviously playing into the fear of Charles Manson and the Manson murders. Uh, so, this idea that the hippies are actually this, like, dark, fucked up, you know. Yeah, it's very anti-hippie. Not very anti-hippie, but it is anti-hippie and anti-drugs at various points. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's well, it's playing into the fears yeah. of those sorts of things. I'm sure the actors involved in this and the director were, like, dropping acid like crazy. Sure. Like, I, 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 I think it's more they're playing up those elements of it. So, they're all hailing Satan. There's a uh, not great scene in which they get a chicken and then they kill the chicken um which yeah if you're wanting to delve into exploitation cinema there's a bit of animal cruelty stuff in there sometimes because there was no regulation of that Beyond, i have my eyes closed for the duration for the chicken scene. yes yeah, yeah. Um, so i can't tell you what happened so there's a lot of blood and then the blood is put into a cup um and then they go around and each of the cult members drink from this this blood cup uh Little do they know that a girl named Sylvia mm. is actually looking from afar from behind a tree. Um, and there's a bit of a hilarious moment, which is one of the cult members walks up right next to Sylvia. She's not hiding very no, well. she's not. Um, and points her out. Horace says, who's that? And then Sylvia runs off. Two of the male cult members chase after her and grab her and seemingly rape her. Yeah. That is the strong implication. They don't show it. No. Um, so it's also implied subsequently that she was drugged. We cut back to the, the cult members and there's a blonde-haired man uh, whose name escapes me, the blonde-haired innocent yep. guy, who says to Horace, oh, she's just a, she's just one of the locals that I'm courting. You know, I just thought I'd bring her along. The next thing we see, it's the next day. Sylvia is found beaten and bruised by Pete. Our little boy, <laughs> who's a rascal and a half, yeah. this one, um, as well as the owner of the uh, local store, I think her name is Mildred, um, they find Sylvia, the way that Sylvia's sexual assault and rape is treated by people of the town is it's quite strange. Like, they view it as something horrible has happened, something wrong has happened. But also, like, like it was bound to happen? She's in shock. Isn't there a doctor up at the damn site? Yes, there's a Dr. Oaks. I'm sure Roger would let him come. Can't you do something for her, Grandpa? I'm only a veterinarian, Pete, and your sister's not an animal. Somebody certainly treated her like one. What do you think happened? Nobody around here could have done it. It could be one of the construction workers up at the damn site. Well, I have to go up there anyway. I'll tell Roger exactly what's happened. Because there's, so there's local construction happening in the area and Mildred is in a relationship with the uh, head of the construction. And so after she hears that Sylvia has been raped, she drives up to the construction manager and was like, it's one of your men yeah. that does it. And then they passionately kiss. Yeah, <laughs> weird moment for that to happen. Yeah. Uh, but you're right, actually. Yeah, she's just like, it's got to be one of your men. Like, it's never clear what they're building, is it? No. No. <laughs> we know this it's, construction. It's a town of 40 people, by the way. Yeah, it's they a small that very town. Early on, yeah. There's a huge fly-in, fly-out population of engineers working on this construction. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Um, her boyfriend, I think his name is, no, his, his name is Roger, um, because uh, Roger hears this news and is like, oh, what do you expect me to do about it? Um, and he, he has this line where she's like, oh, you need to find out who this is. And then he's like, honey, rape is a little out of an engineer's domain. Uh, look, it, yeah, it was, it was, that's a strange choice for the writing room to go with. Um, but again, it was only one person writing it. So I think she, and she responds with something like, Roger, I'm very upset about it. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's very, right. It's, yeah. <laughs> The dynamic of, of that sort of stuff. Very um, So the cult members, their car breaks down. Um, and then there's this weird scene where they all get out of the car and then one of them's sleeping. <laughs> yeah, this is like the worst prank in the world. <laughs> so they're all, they're one, there's one person sleeping in They all get out. There's one person still asleep in the car, uh, in the van, right? Yep. It looks like the Scooby van, right? Um, and then they shut the doors and leave that person sleeping in there and shut them really quietly. And they all get out 
and just push the van off the road down the side of, like, the ravine. Yeah. And the van just travels down and then kind of kind of Cr- crashes, basically, yeah. into a tree. Not to the extent that the van's written off, but, like, cra- and then this guy is just in it, and that's meant to be... So funny. they pick on this guy a lot. And For no reason. Well, so on a rewatch, I think... Because there's a scene later when he's actually, like, quite horribly tortured and stuff. I think they think he's a police informant. Because at one point, one of the cult members writes pig mm. on him. Which makes me think that maybe they think he's a police informant. That's, I do remember that scene, but I didn't even put that together. No, well, it's, 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 there's many layers to this sure, film. Sure, it, sure. it requires more than one watch yeah. to actually get the depth of it. Yeah. There's also, I mean, in terms of the other cult members, we've got the pregnant woman, we've got Horace, we've got the African-American man, um, we've got... Who, African-American man, maybe gay? Oh, you reckon? There's a scene where he's he's making a whole joke and he's got, like, an umbrella. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he does little sassy things. Yeah, so yeah. I thought yeah, there okay. was some gay subtext there. Okay. Um, then there's another woman... Who we never really... There's a woman who's a mute. Yeah, there's the yeah. mute as yeah. well, who doesn't do much until she does something. Yeah. Um, and then we have the blonde-haired innocent boy and the potential cop, yeah. a part of our group. point at which, after they all move into that house, do you remember Peter says, don't go in there, it's haunted and it's filled with rats. Have we gone yes. to that bit yet? Yes. So yeah. at this point, the hippie group um, have set up shop yeah. in, in, in an abandoned hotel there. That's right, an abandoned hotel, sorry, not a and it, it possibly is in the sequence of events that Pete then goes back and tells his grandfather there are these new enemies yeah. in town and grandfather puts puts two and two together or his daughter says who yeah. it was. Because there's also, because the, they then have a, a thing, a scene where the hippies are chasing the rats around the, the abandoned hotel and like killing some of them. And they have a scene, if you remember, yes. where they set up a fire outside. And cook and, all the rats. Yeah, yeah. And there's a, at one point, Horace, I think, congratulates, I can't remember which member of the cult has done this, but skewered a whole bunch of rats. Yes. It's like, it's a rat shish kebab. And there's a scene where they put these, I don't know whether they're real or fake rats over a fire. And it's, one of the most hideous things I've ever seen. I think they, they are fake rats, yeah, so right. you don't need to feel uh, too bad about it. Yeah. Um, I was worried those rats weren't unionised, you know. Not that... <laughs> proper rats. Unlike the poor chicken. So, the, the guy who finds the rats is Rollo, who's the African-American man. I just found his name again. Uh, he finds all the rats, and that's very, very important because he then becomes in charge of the group for a night. For one night only. Yes. Uh, and he, so we're jumping all over the place, but this movie jumps all over the place as well. So I, I don't feel too bad about it. Um, and they, they have this, this chat about that. Um, and he's now in charge and he decides because he's in charge that he wants to pick on this guy mm. that he suspects to be a police informant yeah. and they tie him up. And this is, this is the point of the film where I was like, I think there's a bit of a gay thing going on here right. because the police informant is tied up but his shirt's open and he's breathing heavily. And then like the feet, the, there's a decision that he should have his feet cut in a yeah. tortured way I was, as somebody who was a consultant for the adult industry <laughs> yeah okay see again I had my eyes shut for most of that scene oh, so yeah. as the knife came out I was like oh fuck this yeah, uh, yeah. so Ming Li uh, cuts his feet yeah. upwards um, as he's writhing around tied up with his shirt open and I'm like I get this I understand Hot. this is some this is some yeah, gay right. S&M type stuff happening uh, so that happens. There's also a point where they actually string him up, um, partially by his throat, but also by his torso, mm. so he doesn't die from this, the police informant. Um, and he's swinging back and forth, yeah. and blood is splashing on the on faces. faces. yeah. And the blood splashes is mainly on the male faces as they're... See, I remember it hitting Ming Lee. Yes, so it hits yeah. Ming Lee, but it also hits the, hits the boys. Right, okay. In a way that I think is yeah, like a little okay. bit... Bukaki. Yeah, okay. I might be just reading into this. Yeah, one. yeah. I didn't. I certainly didn't get that vibe from it. Um, but see, at this point, at this point, Grandpa has entered the house. So Grandpa's yeah. coming up to the house. Yes. So he's got his shotgun and he uh, is going to confront them. Mm. Uh, the confrontation with uh, Horace doesn't. Is he gets ludicrous. He gets his yeah. gun taken away fairly his quickly. Glasses smashed. He loses his hat. 
Yeah, and yeah. then I think it's one of the girls that then puts a yes. uh, puts a tab uh, of LSD in his mouth. Yeah. In his mouth. Um, we don't. There's not a lengthy period of time. We don't ever see from his perspective of him tripping out. No, we? no. no. Um, but he's turned up, uh, and uh, Pete <laughs> knows that his grandfather's in there and confronts everyone. Yeah. Weird exchanges happen for a long period of time. It's a very poorly written confrontation scene, basically. Uh, And the the girls of the group are worried that they'll call the police, and they're worried about the police coming around, so they eventually let the grandfather go after he's been dosed with with acid. Uh, Yada, yada, yada. The uh, grandfather comes home. Both the Sylvia... And Pete realised the, grand- the grandfather's been dosed with acid because he keeps seeing his his dead children, children yeah. who were who were P- Pete and Sylvia's parents, mm. and he doesn't like them. <laughs> no, he wants them out of the house. He also, at one stage, is sitting at the kitchen table and he grabs what look like salt and pepper shakers. And just kind of puts them on his head as though they're devil horns. Yeah. As though anyone who takes drugs... He's tripping out, must man. Be the devil. Yeah. Go away! Hey, Grandpa, you're talking crazy! Go back to your graves! Pete's fucking annoyed by this. Um, and uh, he plans to go uh, confront the cult. He gets a gun, because this is a small town, and Pete mm-hmm. goes and gets a gun. Um, fucking loads up the gun, like yeah. whatever. Um, but then instead of encountering the cult, encounters a rabid dog. Who, to be clear, we saw seven or eight minutes ago, just running through the same field. Oh. That was foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah. This, this like dog our, didn't come from anywhere, right? Yeah. What's that thing called Chekhov's gun? Yeah. Put it again. Look, yeah. oh, they yeah. established this. Was, yeah. So you did. There was a moment where you just saw this dog running through the forest. Yeah. And it was just like what. Is this dog, and it's one of those things where because I know kind of what what, what I'm in for, I'm like, oh, okay, so this dog's going to come back any minute now. <laughs> yeah. And he shoots and he kills the dog, doesn't he? Well, yeah, but then he, when he, so he shoots this dog and you get vision then of the dog with like a bullet wound and it's not moving. Yeah. And he gets home and, um, uh, what's her face? Not Mildred, Sylvia. Sylvia. Sylvia is like, where have you been? Because she sees him come back with the gun and he's like, oh, I just shot this rabid dog. And she says, is it dead? And he's like, well, I'm not sure. I was like, Shh, you must be sure. But I think he's planning at this stage. He oh, has I plans see. Okay. And therefore, yeah, there's depth to this. Yeah, you need sure, to watch it a second sure. time. Um, Pete's kind of a psychopath. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. even like killing this rabid dog, there's no, he has no reaction to that. No. I've got like, like a fucking boss in my yeah. notes of just. Yeah. He's he's willing to do um, anything uh, to deal with this sort of stuff. And, of course, Peter's annoyed because I don't know if he's aware that Sylvia's been raped, but I'm sure he's aware that something has happened with Sylvia yeah. and he's aware that they drugged his grandfather. Uh, and so he gets blood from this rabbit dog. Uh, he, and goes, he goes to his grandfather's veterinary, like, clinic kind of thing, whether yeah. that's in the house or not, and grabs, there's a ridiculous scene where he's testing all these needles and putting them in a bag and then testing like the rubber gloves and throwing them, it's just like this is taking forever just it's, move it's on. It's moving the plot along. It's just giving you his establishment. the plot along. Because he, he wants to be a veterinarian. Yeah. Um, he gets the blood and injects the blood into meat pies um, that are then uh, sold by the bakery. There's a odd scene in this. Yeah. So, so the, the hippies come in, the hippies are hungry, they come into the bakery, Mildred is serving them in the bakery, and Pete wants them to eat this, this particular blood pie, and there's all of this going on. At some point, Mildred takes a call from the veterinarian, and the veterinarian is telling her about the rabbit dog, and to yeah. be wary of the rabbit dog. Does not tell Mildred about the fact that these hippies in the area raped nah. <laughs> Sylvia. Nah. Because that might be a relevant piece of information. Well, he's still coming down, though. You know? Oh, okay. Still, to be fair to him, you know. Um, his brain on drugs. Yeah. Because uh, the hippies get eventually convinced that all they have is pies. So the yeah, like, and they take the pies. Yeah. Um, and it's important to know who eats the, the yes. rabid dog pies. Um, Blonde Boy does not. No, because he doesn't want pies for breakfast. Yeah, which is fair enough. Because they've had pies from the bakery before. Yeah, but, yeah. like, you're a drifter hippie. Don't be so fucking picky. It's a country town. Every country town has a bedroom. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, so, but all of the other cult members eat the pies. The pregnant lady starts to eat it, doesn't like the taste, and puts it down. And it's important to note at this point that this is the most disgusting scene of the entire film. The way they eat those pies is fucking heinous. It is oh, really? so disgusting. So instead of, like, at any point taking them out of the tin foil tray that they're in, they just kind of, like, try to eat them. And, it like, it A, it looks ridiculous. Like, they should have reshot it because it just looks ridiculous. There's, like, times where they try to eat it and the pie just falls out of their mouth again and they have to, like, pick it up <laughs> off the plate. And the mute woman is just eating the pie by shoving her hands into the pie, picking shit up, and then just shoving it in her mouth. Yeah. Ming Li, I think, is eating it with a spoon and it just keeps, like, dribbling down her chin. It's like, it is disgusting. Um, there's then a fade to a little bit later in the, in the future. And it, speaking of homoerotic subtext, there's a point there of the guy who's tied up. There's a point of him lying back, tied up, and then he adjusts himself. Oh, I missed that. He puts his hands down his pants and he adjusts himself. And kind of sorry, I'm a little nice. Okay. It was a little, right. little bit of a nice scene. A little yeah. bit of a nice scene. A little bit of a... Uh, do you know what it reminds me of? Did you ever watch Donnie Darko? No. There's a scene in Donnie Darko of an early 20s, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, right. where he's being hypnotized and he starts getting horny and he puts his hand down his pants. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Teenage Jared. Very much like yeah, that okay. scene. And I, I like that there's... The, yeah. Any adjusting down the yeah, pants okay. scenes? Wow. Yeah. So, Beautiful. to be clear, this guy... We should explain. He has been taken down from that swing. Yeah, but it's still tied up. He's, he's been tied up on top of seemingly a piano, potentially. It looks like Ooh, he's... maybe. Yeah, because he's not like on a bed. They've tied him up because he's tied up and then pregnant lady puts a pillow under his head. So mm. it's not a bed. It's just like a bench or the top of a piano or something. Yeah. Yeah. So he's still tied up at this point. I don't know if Rollo's still in charge. Roller was in charge for one night only, so if this is the next day, presumably he's not. Maybe they should untie the potential cop. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, so he's... Sorry, after after the penis adjustment thing that, that I focused too heavily on. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're obviously all starting to get sick. Yeah. Um, and you can see the early musings of the slight insanity there, yeah. like... Um, uh, there's a point in which Horace gets his gun yeah. and starts putting it to um, Rollo's head and it seems like it's unloaded, but it turns out it's loaded. He's kind of playing Russian roulette. So he, yeah. it goes off, but it's not loaded when it's against Rollo's head and then he yeah. fires it in the air and it eats. Does the same thing with the pregnant lady. Yeah. Does it to her stomach and yeah. it doesn't go off. Uh, so there's, there's things going on with their brains. Mm. God, I feel like I'm suffocating. Such a muggy day. It's not the weather. The spirit of evil that's gotten into you. You mean you ain't hot from the heat? I don't feel anything. I'm at peace with my father. There's a cutaway. The blonde boy goes off and he meets up with Sylvia. So this is the first of several scenes of, like, this makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Sylvia has been horrifically assaulted, mm-hmm. right? They have an exchange with the blonde guys like, hey, sorry about that. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm so annoyed with you. Like, it's very, yeah, very not, not, not in context of, of what she's actually gone through. Mm. Um, he talks about the fact that the blonde boy talks about the fact that he's not actually, he doesn't actually believe in Satan. He's just viewing this as like a fun little trip. Which is so weird. Like, it's, it's not clear. Like, because of how, like, serious the stuff that has already happened is mm. like if i was just on a fun little trip and then the leader of this trip put a gun to someone's head and fired a blank at them or not a blank but f- you know fired and yeah i'd be like oh this isn't fun anymore you know <laughs> like that might be the end of the fun for also me. are we are we working probably working under the assumption that they probably raped like several women at this point yeah like, as they're travelling around to different towns, and he's like, oh, yeah, we're just having a crazy trip. It was the 70s, man. Yeah. 
<laughs> he then goes back to the house. At the house, everyone's getting really, really sick. Um, again, close up of Horace's torso heaving. It's very, very, yeah. very sexual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To that's some true. That's true. Uh, Ming Lee's sitting there with her tarot cards, and she pulls the tarot card of death. Yep. Uh, which, you know, causes a bit of controversy. She then picks up a knife. Is it a knife? Has she shown Rollo the death card? Yes, yeah, so she, yeah. she shows Rollo the death card. Yeah. And then gives him yes. a knife. Yeah. Rollo, seemingly insane at this point, gets the knife and then stabs it into the police informant. Mm. And everyone kind of starts to freak out at this point. Yeah. Um, and stabs it into the police informant a number of times. Yeah, as in yes. police informant's dead. Yeah. At this point. Police informant's dead. Everyone's kind of running around, not sure what to do. Uh, things get increasingly, increasingly more insane. At one point, Rollo cuts off the guy's foot. Yes, that's right. Uh, and then is chasing after the one of the blonde-haired female cult member. <laughs> With, I don't think she, she's not given a name on the IMDb yeah. or anything, um, with the foot, and she's freaking out. Um, she ends up running off uh, and uh, is intercepted by some of the construction workers. That's right. Yes. Oh, <laughs> this is where things get real problematic. <laughs> so she's yeah. running for her life. So yeah. she, she, she is rabid. She's, she's infected, but it's not really yeah. showing at this point. She runs into these construction workers who are like, hey, little lady, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, and they're driving they, like a pickup truck. Yeah, yeah. And they like grab her and she's on the pickup truck and are like, she's, she's just finding it. All this very rapey attention yeah. that she's getting, she's like, oh, you boy. <laughs> What's a little lady like you doing all alone on the road? Some black creep was following me. Oh, well, you just get your pretty little ass in here, honey. And we'll protect you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, what are you guys up to? <laughs> Anything you're up to, honey. Uh, okay, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. end up back at the hotel, yeah. the abandoned hotel where the, the Cogmans have been living. Yeah. And these three guys get off the back of the truck with this woman and they say to the people driving the truck, like, keep a lookout or something. Yeah. Like, it's something really, yeah, really... Blondie. We'll call her Blondie. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so then she... Because they want to go into the actual um, yeah. hotel thing and yeah. she convinces them not to... On the basis that it's filled with rats. Yeah. And then she kind of... They go off and ostensibly they have sex for the first time. Like there's a gangbang yeah. off screen yeah. that happens there. Um, there are two uh, construction workers that do go into one of the houses mm. and they end up getting killed. Mm. One of them, they're walking through the house and walks into the rope the noose around yeah. his neck and Horace pulls that up Yeah, and he dies that way. And another one dies because Horace slices open his stomach yeah. and we see intestines coming out. Well, yeah, we, we see. Did that gross you out? Was that too much for you? Because uh, it's fairly fake. It, yeah, it looked a bit like basically like cheap flank steak. Because <laughs> there's even a point where you can see the the guy who's getting stabbed isn't so much clutching the wound as like squeezing either yeah, side yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like squeezing his yeah. intestines yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, blonde boy runs off because yep. he's seeing shit go down, goes to Sylvia. Sylvia tells him to go to the barn. They have, they reconcile in a romantic way in the barn. On a, like a pile of hay, which would have been so uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and it's at this point, at some point in this, that, that blonde boy turns to Sylvia and is like, I love you. Yes. Yeah. Which, yes. this is the, is this the next day? It's like their relationship has moved so quickly. Oh, um, and seemingly they're now in love. Blonde-haired cult member gets taken back by the construction crew uh, to all the other boys. Yep. The construction crew who swarm on her. Yeah. Uh, and she's she's not looking well at this point. No, she started to turn. Uh, like, they're kissing her and she's just, like, revolting yeah. from it. Um, they obviously all rape her at some point and then she runs off and the guy is chasing after her naked. They're both naked. Mm -hmm. Uh, and 
This is the one moment where we see a naked woman. We do. Movie. We see her yeah. tits. Uh, don't think we see his weenie. No. 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 We just see. We just see like the top. Yeah. Like, shoulders up. Yeah. Double standards. Mm. I suppose it's his tits. Her tits. Yeah. It's even. Yeah. Um, she is freaking out. There's this very 1970s male exchange of like, he's annoyed that she bit him. Yeah. Uh, and then the other guy is like, oh, leave her alone. Can't you see she's having a fit? And no one seems to really acknowledge that yeah. they've raped this woman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this is all presumably, because this takes place now, she has been chased into a shower cubicle. Mm-hmm. And this scene takes place really to set up that these people who have rabies are terrified of water. Yes. Because the man switches the shower on. Or grabs her, forces yes, her out of the faucet. Yeah. Turns the water on and she's horrified. Yeah, she's kind of screaming in pain almost. And the next time we see those construction workers, they're all infected. Yeah. And at this point, it kind of becomes almost a zombie film. Like in that there's this... I think that's what they were going for. Yeah, there's this kind of, you know, like 20 to 30 strong army in a sense of construction workers all in like uh, yellow hard hats, essentially. That's how you know they're <laughs> construction workers. Yeah. All just kind of lumbering around like zombies. Um, yeah. Carrying various weapons. Um, um, at this point, uh, the pregnant lady and the mute woman, who I've just looked at my notes, uh, their names are Molly and Carrie. Mm. Molly is the pregnant woman. Got Carrie it. is the mute woman. Yeah. They have fled because they've obviously seen the cop guy get killed. They fled to a nearby house of a woman. Mm -hmm. The woman is very concerned because they've obviously been running through the woods for a while and one of them is pregnant, so she takes them in. Uh, Carrie, the mute woman, is fascinated by a knife. An electronic kind of carving knife. Yes. Because she's making them sandwiches. That's right. She's brought out a whole lot of bread and she's got, I think it's ham, a leg of ham. Mm. Because she's cutting into this leg of ham, this electronic knife. Because again, the other thing we hear about rabies, it's clear that the guy who wrote wrote this, um, wrote, has just learned what rabies is. Because he keeps dropping facts about rabies. And one of them is an obsession with raw flesh. So David E. Durston, who made this film, he, uh, he kind of had a general idea. Of, he wanted to do some sort of hippie Satan cult film type thing. Uh, and was aware of that. But he heard about a um, an issue in Iran where a number of rabid wolves attacked local villages. And there, not only did many people die as a result of, of a rabies epidemic, but there were a couple of murders right. associated yeah, with okay. it because people were so terrified of these people that it become rabid. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so that helped inspire the film, yeah. I think. Because what happens is we get some close-up shots of this woman using the electronic knife to cut this leg of ham, some close-up shots of Carrie... Carry the mute. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then she, the knife gets put down while this woman goes to make sandwiches. Carrie turns the knife on, picks it up, and then the next thing we see is the woman who's taken them in walking out of the house without a hand. Yeah. Yeah. She's had her hand cut off. And not everyone with rabies is dangerous or mad. Sure. I want to I wanna fight yes, against I, rabies, rabies stigma. Yeah. If you are uh, listening to this podcast and you have rabies, uh, you don't have very long to live. I think it's like three days. <laughs> right. Uh, and I'm glad you spent it here with us. Consider mm. donating the rest of your goods to the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, she, she cut off this this woman's hand, uh, and pregnant lady. I'm just gonna call it pregnant lady. I think her name's Molly. Yeah. Pregnant lady runs off because she mm. doesn't know what's going on. Because I don't know if pregnant lady actually has rabies. That's never clear. No. At some point, uh, the doctor, the veterinarian, is killed. I think by the group of construction workers. He is impaled with a pitchfork. Oh, is that him? Yeah, the veterinarian's this impaled okay. by a pitchfork. Okay. Um, we don't actually see his kill scene. I feel like that must have been like a deleted yeah, scene or something. Yeah. Um, and it's stumbled upon by Pete, Sylvia, and Blonde Boy. They see that this has happened. Uh, Rollo's running around mad in the woods. Horace is also running around yeah. mad. Um, Horace has a sword. Rollo has an axe. Yeah. <laughs> Blonde Boy, Sylvia, and Pete are also running in the woods, and then they encounter 
the pregnant woman. Molly, they encounter her and they let her know that she has rabies. In response to that, she picks up, it's like a stick. Uh, it's almost like a wooden stake. It's, yeah. it's tied to a piece of string for some reason. That's never really made clear. And ostensibly kills herself. Yeah, by stabbing herself in the stomach. Even though it's never been confirmed that she actually had rabies, she no. had no symptoms. Yeah. And so yeah, she, she died. Never really, she never really showed any symptoms. Mm. Um, yeah, I agree. I had the same thought. Because um, that was another thing that little baby Pete boy fucked up. So he came up with this horrendous plan and then potentially told someone who didn't have rabies that they had rabies. Yeah. yeah. He's responsible for he a lot of misery. Responsible for a lot. And it's a fucking little shit throughout all yeah, of this film. it really is. I may not know about that L stuff that makes you crazy. I know about rabies. Horace is suddenly keen on not just attacking local townsfolk, but also uh, people of his own team. He runs at one point, uh, ostensibly trying to attack um, uh, the Asian woman whose name escapes me. Ming Li. Ming Li. It might actually be Su Lin, because my notes say that. But oh, <laughs> Ming Li for the point of podcast. <laughs> um, Maybe the actress's name Ming Lee, oh, right, or maybe yeah. I'm just being racist. Um, Ming Lee, uh, Ming Lee, to not give Horace the satisfaction of killing her, uh, gets a whole bunch of petrol, surrounds herself with that, and lights herself on fire. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know—is that like a poor taste reference to like monks? Oh, maybe I don't know. I just thought it was. I just thought it was the sort of thing where they were like, "How many how many death scenes can we come up with? Here's one." Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, Rollo comes out of the woodwork, and then there is a fight between Rollo with his axe mm-hmm. and uh, Horace with his sword. Yeah. At the end of that day, well, okay, key thing to know about that is that both of these guys are dancers, yeah. and you need to watch their actions as they're going yeah. about it because it's very like um, West Side Story type yeah. attacking yeah. and violence going on, which is very cool. Uh, Horace ends up being killed, he does, as a result of that by his own sword. By his own sword. Mm. Uh, Blonde boy, Sylvia and Pete try and take refuge in the bakery, but Mildred's in there and she's not letting them in. Mildred is a fucking stone cold bitch in this scene, (laughs) right? Um, Because Mildred has a shotgun, but she Mm -hmm. won't let them in. She barricaded the door and they're like pleading with her to let them in. And at this point, the engineers have kind of caught up. Oh, yeah, construction workers. Yeah, sorry, the construction workers. The all rabbits are coming up and they're chasing them. Yeah. Uh, And one of the construction workers gets a machete. Yep. And fucking decapitates Blonde Boy. Yeah. Uh, and at this at this point, what you need to know is they clearly spent a lot of the props budget on the severed head. Yeah, because the severed head just basically is in the rest of the film. Um, it shows up everywhere, and it's not very good. It's not convincing <laughs> at all. It's like a paper mache type thing. Yeah, but they're clearly very happy with it. Or like whoever whoever the name of the director is, you know, David his, E. Durston. David E. Durston's best friend made it. And he was like, nah, relax, we'll, we'll put it in the film. A lot of favours were made in here. There's yeah. a lot of acting uh, yeah. going on. Um, so, yeah, so Blonde Boy ends up with his head cut off. Mm-hmm. And then Mildred lets them in. Finally, after Blonde Boy's dead. Yeah, at which point, if I was either of Mildred or Pete, I might have been like, hey, you kind of fucked up there, Mildred. Sil- <laughs> Sylvia or Pete. Yeah. Sylvia or Pete, yeah. You might have fucked up there. Um, to be fair, Sylvia doesn't really react. No, no. I mean, the love of her life has just been killed. They just um, they just moved on. Again, Pete doesn't react either, and he's a child. You might yeah. think he'd react negatively to a bit of death. Um, it's because he's a fucking sociopath. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so now they're in the bakery, and they end up down in the cellar, at which point Mildred... There's a bit of back and yeah, forth. The Mildred kills the guy. Yeah. They end up in... Well, once they escape, Mildred yeah. gets the hose. Yep. And she fends them all off the hose. Because they hate water. They hate water, ostensibly. As Mildred's getting into the car, she gets bitten. Yes. Very important. Very Foreshadowing. important. Foreshadowing. She gets bitten. They're in the car. Uh... And then all of the uh, construction workers are swarming the car, and then weird cut. Yeah. Police come. Yeah. <laughs> and we, as we were watching this, yeah. I said to Pat, it's like clearly this was filmed on a separate occasion in a very different context. And clearly, they, they, when they filmed it in a separate context, they didn't do it enough because all the police show up 
And then there are intercut close-ups of guns firing. Yeah. For like 30 seconds, yeah. I'd say. And we, and we cut from footage of the police officers in their squad cars shooting at something. Mm. And it's never really clear what they're looking at, right? No. But that's not set up there, at all. There is n- not a single image of any of them being shot. No, none of, none of the construction workers are shown being shot. So we see the cops shooting and then close-ups of guns going off or guns being reloaded. And then finally at the end of it, um, actually, after they've shot for like 30 seconds, yeah. Roger comes in and he's like, there might be an innocent woman in there. And then they stop. Because then they stop when one of the cops says, oh, cease fire. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a, he doesn't yell it. He's just like, hold your fire. He just goes, hold your fire. And then we cut to all of the construction workers dead, dead and then a car. Roger opens up the car. We find that Sylvia's okay, Pete's okay, and seemingly yeah. Mildred's okay. Yeah. Uh, we go to Mildred is in her bedroom and Roger does very classic um, everything will be okay now type mm-hmm. thing. Puts his gun on the nightstand. Yeah. It's America. I don't yeah. understand how they work. <laughs> uh, and then Mildred... She doesn't have any bites on her wrists, which is a no. very big continuity error yeah, here. Yeah. But seemingly now insane with rabies, gets a gun and shoots Roger in the mm. head. Pulls him in for the, the, the passionate kiss yeah. and then reaches across to the nightstand, grabs the gun, yeah. shoots him. There's some foreshadowing there because she's wiping her mouth off at the start of the scene. And she's also got, she's obviously quite hot because she's got ice and she's kind of rubbing mm. that on herself at some point as well. Which yeah. Which is kind of meant to indicate some kind of fever. But she's going, yes, yeah. she's going insane. Mm. We then have a, a, a scene that's quite later on and Pete has called police. Yeah. Uh, and he, <laughs> the police officer show up and he says, I want to, I want to confess a crime because, you know, he did. Ostensibly. Poison. There are like 15 odd deaths that are literally on Pete's hands. Well, the immediate deaths of the cult members are all on Pete's hands. So like, like six the, there. The immediate poisoning. Yeah. Um, and then the construction, there were more than 50, more than, if there are six cult members, there are more than nine construction workers. In some of the scenes where, because there are some scenes where all of a sudden people are just dressed as construction workers and you've never fucking seen them Yeah, before. he's like a friend of the yeah. director. Yeah. Uh, so Pete's a mass murderer mm-hmm. and he ostensibly wants to confess to this uh, to police uh, and he says, I want to confess a crime. Police find that hilarious. Yeah. Find they, out, do, do a fake... Yeah, fake little arrest and then take the, take the cuffs off. And then Pete's response is like, I don't think I'll tell you now. You can find out for yourselves. <laughs> And then the police leave, and then Pete's walking in a field, and roll credits. Yep. I think this was a film made about people with rabies by people yeah. with rabies, which is nice. You know, <laughs> like, I, honestly, this was insane. All right, all right. Uh, highlights? Uh, highlights. Um, I was going to say, in terms of, you were talking about continuity errors before. There's an amazing, when, they, when the cult members first go to the bakery, they get a big box of pies and a carton of milk. Cut to them leaving the bakery. Those things disappear. That is an ah. amazing. That's like just an amazing error, right? Yeah. Because they must have filmed those scenes back to back, and they just completely fucked that up. So that was a highlight. Other highlight for me was the insanity of thinking it was funny to push that guy in a in a van down a cliff. Yeah. Just like this is ridiculous. Yeah. It's like I almost couldn't believe what was going on when it first started. I was like, also, a pregnant woman is pushing the van. Why is she pushing the van? <laughs> like, I don't know. She's smoking it. at one point. Yeah. I don't think she gives shit about that baby. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, fine. <laughs> um, they were kind of highlights for me. I am um, so highlight for me is actually the music. Oh, because we haven't we haven't mentioned the music. Um, so at the first, well, the first cue that we have of the amazing, amazing, amazing um, Batman, yeah, TV series style music is actually when Sylvia is found behind the tree and they chase after her. Yeah, that's the light-hearted. Yeah, and I'll cut. I'll cut some of the music in now. Lighthearted music just triggers as we're watching this woman get raped. Well, we never see that. <laughs> no, but like it's but yeah, it's, it's just completely ill-fitting. There's also this very loud pitch 
noise sound effect, really. That that sounds like something that you hear at a games arcade. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever anything violent happens tends to be. Or or is about to happen. So on occasions it will cut in when there's like a close-up of Horace about to do something violent and you'll just hear this really loud pitch. It's very jarring. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't at all have the effect that the filmmakers think it does. I am um, I I want this to kind of become a genre. I like the I like the mix of psychedelic Satanist zombie film. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, if we, if we could create this as a genre, mm. I'd be very into it. Disappointingly, there was a planned remake. Uh, in the early 2000s of I Drink Your Blood, uh, but never came to fruition. And so we now just have this this exploitation classic to enjoy. Well, it's funny you say remake, because I actually think it's clearly the ending where um, Mildred shoots Roger Mm. actually sets it up for a sequel. With, like, Mildred continuing? Yeah, Mm. because, like, she's still alive at the end of this. Pete's still alive at the end of this. Um, I would like to see how old was in nineteen seventies. I wonder what that actor's doing. <laughs> hey, I, I mean, you're calling him an actor is just confusing. <laughs> um, who knows? He could be sure. Who knows? This could actually be like um, I'm trying to think of an old, older actor. This could be like a like a Sean Connery now. You don't know who this this actor grew up to be. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Probably ended up starring in one of the gay porn films. Spanner. <laughs> <laughs> I think he grew up to work in a blockbuster. Probably. And when people came in and said, oh, how'd you get this job? He'd be like, well, I am an actor myself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so check it out. If you are into exploitation cinema, uh, and you may not think that you're into exploitation cinema, but if you like uh, So Bad That They're Good type films that just have random... Like, I find when I watch this film, it's just there's so much inexplicable things that happen. Yeah. Uh, and that is the joy of exploitation cinema. You you never know what's going to happen. Random violence, random sex, and uh, yeah. And if you are interested in I Drink Your Blood, I would also recommend David E. Durston's later films, uh, such as Boy Napped and Manhole. He's not drunk, stupid. He's been doped. Huh? With that stuff that they call LSD. The whole bunch take it. What does it do, that ill whatever you call it? Boy, you really don't know anything. What makes a person crazy? Wow. Thank you to Pat McCaffrey for joining me. Uh, You can follow Pat at Pat McCaffrey on Twitter. You can also follow the podcast at Sinister Sissies and follow me at Jared Bartle. I would really like to encourage one of our listeners to become the first to support the Patreon page for the podcast. Uh, Daddy needs new audio recording equipment, so if you could help me out with as little um, as you can, um, that would be really, really great. Just look for us on Patreon at Sinister Sissies. Um, There are audio commentaries and videos there and more to come. Until next time, stay sinister.